evening guys welcome 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 to shake the room it's your girl coach t and we're back with a brand new series for the next couple of weeks we're going to be speaking all things power for the last five weeks we spoke about relationships and we chopped up in many different angles about relationships and you can catch the series on my podcast at a cup of tea available on spotify and apple podcast it was a really insightful um conversation and over those last five weeks it really allowed men to come in the room and stay in the room and come to the stage and offer their opinions and it also allowed me to co-create a space um, that originally was meant to be called sisterhood but i turned it into elevate because i recognized that we have a lot of conversations as women, you know, um, as women coming together, but I felt in my spirit in the first week of what was supposed to be a random conversation that turned into a very enlightening conversation of people just speaking their truth. It just literally landed in my spirit that I needed to open the doors to men. And um, it went from being sisterhood to elevation. And it's been an incredible amount of five weeks um so much to learn so much to take in so much to digest and it's really been amazing how i personally have learned so much about men and women and how we see things differently and how important it is for us to continue to have quality conversations um, so that we can create more balanced, healthier relationships and i'm not just talking about intimate relationships i mean relationships as a whole um, I tend to have a lot of male friends, so a lot of their opinions and views and insights and behaviours and attitudes are not new to me. Um, but just hearing men speak on a wider scale, I was just like, wow, um, we have to open the doors. So the doors are officially open and we've seen gradual growth and elevate each week, which is incredible. It's a growth circle where I invite you to be held accountable and be in your best you. One thing for me personally, as I began to really go on a journey of self-love and um, healing and just figuring out like who the hell I was past who I believed I was, I recognized that I got to a certain level and it was pretty lonely because my friends weren't reading the books that I were reading. My friends weren't opening the businesses that I was opening. My friends weren't taking the leaps that I was taking. And although they were still my friends, I didn't have a circle of growth. So I had to keep putting myself into rooms like to keep growing me and expanding me, but it didn't necessarily mean that I had that within my inner circle. So within Elevation, that's where I've built the concepts that people are doing incredible things, like absolutely incredible things. And people are waking up more and more and more and more to the truth of who they are. And as we do that, let's support each other, let's support ourselves. And I believe if you can invest a pound a day within yourself, do you know what can happen, how you can double back up on that pound? and I'm actually taking the funds and using them to go towards investing in a school. So that's my ultimate intention, that we have a soul school, a school that is a school of unlimited life. So we teach, um, we take back the block. 
we teach about mindset and emotions and feelings and financial wealth and all of this stuff from young, yet you don't stop learning when you leave school. So in the evening, adults can come in and they continue the journey. And that's the ethos that we're creating and building. And so everybody who's a part of Elevate, that's what their contributions are going towards building. So by the grace of God, it's a huge mission. It's a massive mission, but I just wanted to tell y'all what the mission is about and um, where we're starting. And it takes baby steps to build. It takes laying one brick at a time. It takes putting those bricks down and laying one brick at a time. And as we open this conversation of power, I am just intrigued to know, do we actually really think that men are more powerful than women, especially when it comes to making decisions? In my observations over the last few weeks, I've really come to the conclusion that women do not know what they want <laughs> as much as men do. And I say that, and anyone can come to the stage and challenge me if you want, but I feel that in many situations, women pray and ask and intend and affirm and get what they want. And then when they get it, they don't know what to do with it. And then their emotions come in and then their fear kicks in and then doubt and yada, yada, yada. And before you know it, they've speaked themselves out of everything that they wanted. They've spoken themselves into a hole. They've spoken themselves back into fear. They've spoken themselves back into doubt. Where in my experience, men are more logical. So those bag of emotions don't necessarily come in when they make decisions. They're more like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm about to go after it. And when I get there, I'll do something else. It's really just logic. It's really just like game. It's just focus. And I think that women have other things that come in when they tend to focus. So my question to the room is, do you feel the same? Do you want to challenge me on that? Um, and also, do you think that that comes from women having to balance more things? And it's not necessarily a, a given that all men are logical and use their logic, because let's be real, <laughs> we've met some that are not, we might have dated some that are not, we might be married to some that are not, right? And you might be the more powerful move maker within your relationship, or you might be the person that is experienced. Actually, I'm more career focused. I attract bums. I attract bums. So no, I don't agree with that. So at this moment, I'm open to hear you lot's opinion. Um, I feed a lot into these rooms and on Wednesdays, I don't necessarily want to do that anymore. I want it to be more conversation and bouncing off opinions. Um, and one other thing that I would like to raise if anybody wants to come to the stage is, is it because when I was saying women have a lot more to balance, naturally by nature, this caring, nurturing, motherly nature, whether you're actually a parent or not, um, women tend to consider and weigh up more things before they take action before they take a leap it doesn't mean that it's going to stop them from taking action it just means that they are weighing up more things whereas men can kind of be a little bit more focused and ton of like laser vision you know sometimes women have torchlight vision and you know a torch when you shine it it's almost like the the light kind of expands whereas a laser the light is super focused so that's the difference in what I mean but they're both shedding light it's just a different form of light so would anybody like to come up, offer your views or opinions, challenge me, suggest, okay, no, I think more women are powerful in decision-making because of, 
or men are more powerful in decision making because of la da 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 da. What's you guys' opinion? This is not Tanya pumping you and feeding into you. This is for you to be able to speak your truth, offer some ideas, and you know, have a conversation. Grand rising. It's definitely evening. <laughs> It's definitely evening. How are you? Tell us, what's your opinion, Ms. Bev? Well, you see, that's a good question because I think it depends on what we're talking about here. So I think that men would have their strong points in making decisions about certain things and women would have their strength in making decisions about other things. So if you were to look at I'm just going to be stereotypical here. If you were to look at gender roles, let's just say in an ideal world, men changed, changed the oil in the car, fixed the car, mowed the grass, took out the trash, you know, all that kind of stuff. And let's just say women, you know, ran the house, washed the clothes, well, it didn't work, had the babies, blah, blah, blah. So if they weren't necessarily in their so-called, and I say in inverted commas, in their gender roles, then probably the women would make better decisions in their area and men would make better decisions in their area. However, obviously in this new age of, well, I say new age, like I'm not the age I am, um, in the world that we're living in, in now, men and women, we cross roles, we do what we do. So I think, I think one man's strength could be also be another woman's strength. It just depends on the people. Really? Like, for example, you've got some men who are house husbands, for example. I know that's, that's a smaller percentage, but some men would be better at running a house than some women. So when we think of, okay, let's start to get this way. So what do you think makes a powerful man and what makes a powerful woman? And do you actually think, like, realistically think that it's the same trait? No, I don't. And, and that was just me kind of throwing something in the mix. But I know, for example, um, Christina was having a conversation with my boys once. And she said, what is it that makes us so indecisive? And, you know, we, I, I even forget what the question was. Christina might remember. But my son was just like, it's just, it's black or it's white. There's no gray area. Mm. I think we, we color in the gray there is no gray we go around the houses or what if this that that did. it's right or it's wrong it's good or it's bad it's up or it's down but we are always in the middle somewhere thinking about you know that nurturing side we're that worrisome side the bothersome side that how are they going to feel just like what i said this morning how is that going to happen you know we think about the end result the beginning the middle whereas men are just it, it is what it is and that's and that's what that's what I was observing, I felt like, it's really funny because y'all know I like to do my research and stuff. And so I started to search and I was like, well, when we talk about power, like ultimately, I really would love to know what people even define as them being in their power. And I wonder if it's different for men than it is for women. Because I naturally feel that when I have a conversation with Matt, with a man, they feel more powerful when they've got roles and they have responsibility and they're earning and um, they're able to provide. And I wonder if that's because society has pumped that into them or naturally within themselves, they actually just feel more powerful when those things are in alignment. Where for a woman, it's very different. You're going to hear women speak about 
confidence and speaking their truth and self-care and all of that stuff makes them powerful do you hear how completely different that is okay do you not think that humanity as a whole needs that balance it needs that softer side so it needs that in order to you know if it was just tough tough rough rough i mean would 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 the world be you know would the planet be on its axis Absolutely. I true I absolutely believe it needs that that um that balance. But where is this balance coming from? Is it influenced by society? Because guess what? Technically, I could feel powerful when I'm handling my roles and my responsibilities and I'm focusing on what I want. Do you get what I mean? Why do I naturally feel more powerful? when I'm like nurturing and caring and my confidence is good. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So where does that idea of power even come from? Because technically we're all human beings, right? And we both have masculine and feminine energy within us both. So are we we just hardwired that way? This is what- how it was meant to be or is that nature? nurture well this is what i'm saying is it nature versus nurture or are we stepping into an error because in my personal opinion i feel like we're stepping into an error where there's a massive shift and the shift is because people are finding their own sense of power do you understand whereas i feel like for generations and generations there was power placed in certain places and you didn't see yourself as powerful until you was under the influence or in those certain places or you was able to even influence things do you see what i mean whereas now I know that for me personally, my power comes from me being able to see myself as powerful before anything else. It's got nothing to do with how successful I am. Do you know what I mean? How many people I can influence, how much I earn, what type of car I drive or blah, blah, blah. Yet so much of that is associated with power. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And for me as well, I think, and especially of late, the power that I feel is the power that I took for myself, not necessarily... Um, something that somebody gave to me or something that somebody allowed for me. Right. I mean, it was something that I took for myself, definitely. And so do you feel like that's because you've got new awareness? Do you feel like, you know, two years ago, did you deem yourself as powerful? Like, what has shifted? Do you get what I mean? What is that shift about? That's seen that. Definitely definitely a new sense of awareness. I. It it sounds really simple, but I did not know. I did not realise, I did not recognise that I had the right, the ability to take what I wanted. And I mean, I suppose before this awareness, you know, you thought to yourself, well, that's arrogant. You know, you can't, you can't just take, you know, you can't do that. That part. Do you know what I mean? But now it's just like, actually, I'm here, I'm large and I'm in charge and I can do whatever the heck I want. Love that. I love it. Stay tight, Miss Bev. Thank you for contributing so far. Miss Megan, what's good? Grand evening. I'm amazing. How are you? Good. I'm fabulous. Thank you. Um, couple of points. Very, very interesting so far. Um, I find the the name of the room interesting as well, um, which I'll get on. But I quite like the the definitions that you gave as to to where you found. Um, 
when they feel power, it tends to be more internal, whereas when men feel powerful, it tends to be more external-based. So mm. I think it's it's a, a different view on that side of things, um, which is quite interesting. But when we talk about, you know, do men make more powerful decisions than women, if we look back to, you know, for example, the 1970s, women were only allowed to have a bank account without their husbands in the 1970s. We're actually not that far away from that. And, you know, we touched on it in a conversation the other night when we were talking about relationships and, and you know, generational kind of trauma and the impact of different things and, and how that can kind of impact us. So is it potentially that women haven't had the same opportunities to be making decisions in a powerful setting um you know so it's still i suppose newish to them potentially yeah um you know they've not been sat in those same spaces where they've had to have those kind of pressures they've had different pressures on them to make different decisions you know if i look at some of the women that i know um that are raising families for example and the way that they can make decisions on what needs to be prioritized to get you know their kids out the door to get their kids educated to get their house in order is incredible there's hundreds of decisions that those women have to make every day whereas for men they might only be making two decisions but they're seen as more powerful because it's in a different context love that so i think it's quite interesting to, to think about the context of when we talk about the decisions that are having to be made and also and yeah. On that point, it's funny because when I was doing my research, so um, the studies were showing that men are put out to be more powerful in leadership. And I found it interesting because I thought, well, is that because they've been given more opportunities than us over time? Things are shifting now. So, yes, you're seeing more and more women take up space. But actually, when you went through it and you weighed up like the pros and the cons, it then did like a flip on the research that said, naturally, women are better leaders because of the amount of decisions that they can juggle and make and manage. It, like in that context of what you just said, they're having to make sometimes a hundred decisions in a day. The kids are going to be here. I'm going to be there. Happy's going to be here. Yada yada yada. If you took that same ethos to a business and leadership, do you know how well you would manage? Like actually manage the system, the organization, the leadership. But if a woman, this is where I find it interesting, is it because maybe society? has not pumped into us to look at things that way. So for instance, I'm always very, very inspired by hard belly hustlers. Their work ethic is priceless. Their ability to be out in these streets, two, three, four o'clock in the morning to meet their people or eight, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever time their people call, they're supplying the goods to them. I am like, yo, you lot's work ethic is incredible. And they're able to give that kind of energy technically to something that's illegal, to something that they could ride a bird for, to something that kind of might, depending on what they're hustling, make them some good quick cash. Now, could you imagine if they took that same ethos and built a company, a legitimate company with that work ethic? Could you imagine what they would be able to build? But if they've never seen themselves as that person who can do that? Because maybe they haven't seen someone who looks like them that builds that business. Do you see what I mean? They don't allow their power to be used in that place. So I'm like, is this the same with women? 
100%. I think so. I think that there's, from what I've seen in the workplace, women that are in certain positions, and I don't know whether it's something that is particular to Australia, like you get a lot of tall poppy syndrome, so it's whereby if someone gets too far ahead, people feel the need to cut them back down to size. And I see that a lot with women um, instead of us, raising women up and going hey you're successful that's amazing you do you there's enough for everyone i can go and be successful over here as well we kind of go you know like we we kind of get that internalized misogyny and we start going oh well she slept her way to the top or you know she's flirted her way here she's done this or she's had to act like a man to get there Mm, why can that not be a woman's natural tendencies because i don't know about you guys but have you had to flatter some of your eyelashes to open some doors sometimes (laughs) yeah just like men will will behave in certain ways and posture in certain ways to do the same yeah they will so i and and i think it's very much that you know we we acknowledge that in society i think as long as people are sticking to their morals and you know a little bit of harmless flirting is fine um but but yeah i think that it's just that we've always and also is it more acceptable is it more acceptable when a man uses his power in a sexual way um, not not that I'm saying like inappropriate, like, you know, behavior, but actually sometimes when a man is powerful and they live a certain life, it's kind of celebrated. Yet if a woman is in the same position and lives, a, it is torn down, like shame is upon her. She should not be yeah. able to live that life. Um, yeah. And I just... And she'll regret it because she's not had children and this right. is X, Y, Z, and she's, you know, a bad example and everything. And it's just, you know, you've got the whole, is it, is it the Madonna Hall complex? There's all these sorts of things that, that get kind of shoved down our throat. And it is lessening, you know, the, the younger generations coming through, both male and female, aren't displaying that same... ethos of thinking yeah like that vitriol towards certain things and they're kind of going okay things can be different i don't necessarily have to agree with it but that's okay yeah you know that's a good thing you know they're starting to see differences as good as opposed to it being a personal attack on me or you know someone else because someone wants to live a different lifestyle to me um so it's, it's quite nuanced and i find that in in the workplace especially um you know like i i've had someone within my company and you know it's, it's a fact of life he will put female consultants in certain jobs and male consultants in other jobs because there's natural tendencies that come out and if someone needs a, a you know a softer more handheld approach he'll potentially use a female consultant over someone that might need a little bit of a harder edged approach wow. so there's that you know like there's all those nuances so you kind of sometimes go i understand that but you also kind of go shit is the whole world against me sometimes yeah like am i am i always going to be pigeonholed in a particular way just because i'm a female i can also be a bitch i can also be a hard ass i try not to because i don't think it gets the best results always but if i need to be i can be but i choose how i want to behave the majority of that of the time because I'm responsible for my actions, so I'm going to go about things a certain way because I tend to get better results that way. And I also think that's something that's classed as power in women, the fact that you choose how you want to behave. I don't know if we class that as powerful in men because it's just not necessarily what we hear. It's almost like they're just focused, but we choose. They're focused, we choose. They're focused, we choose. Do you get what I mean? It's really, it's such a, it's a, it's a cool paradox. 
Thank you, Megan. Stay there. Miss Dom, welcome to the stage. Queen, how are you? You're okay. You're a bit low. Are you far from your phone or is it just me? Oh, we can't hear you if you're talking. Ms. Dom. You're muted now. You would have to unmute. Okay, we'll wait for Dom to come back. Just for... Oh, okay, she's gone, she'll be back. Um, Bev, do you have anything to say on what Megan just said? No, no, I mean, it's that way in the workplace. And you do find that, you know, if a woman gets ahead, they're seen as, you know, like Margaret Thatcher, they called her the iron woman. You know, they just presume that she ain't got no feelings, no, you know, because she should be at home knitting and baking a cake, baking, kneading bread and cleaning the house. Do you know what I mean? That is that is the way it's seen. And I mean, even in my profession in midwifery, it's funny because we have a few male midwives, not very many, but it's funny whenever the women see these male midwives, they are so, they're, they're, they're so uncomfortable because they just don't feel that the men are going to be able to provide them with, you know, that softer side that they need in, uh, you know, within that that childbirth experience um but you know just on that point do you know why that's so funny because mm -hmm. we're happy to accept male doctors mm -hmm. but we'll reject yep. male midwives why yeah they're, and the thing is they're quite happy because they just feel that if you're a midwife then there must be something wrong with you if you're a male midwife, it means you failed somewhere. You couldn't be a male doctor, so you took the next best thing, which means if you're not good at what you do, I actually don't want you to deliver my baby. Wow. So they're coming from it. The, the male midwives are coming to it from a mechanical, IV in a textbook kind of perspective, I suppose, in a sense. And that's not to say all midwives have had children, but there's, I think, as a woman, there's just a different softer side, which in this aspect in this situation is actually a bonus it's a plus do you understand that's so crazy because i don't know if i would reject a male midwife because i technically accept a male doctor do you get what i mean and one thing i found when i was pregnant and obviously i was young and i was like 18 and i went to see a doctor and they did an internal and it was a man i thought oh another man is looking at my inside <laughs> because a man hasn't had to look at my insides before. Do you know what I mean? Like when I go to the clinic, it's always females or doctor nurses were technically females or whatever. I never had another male, you know, look at my insides. And after a while, I remember I was thinking, okay, cool. You're going to have to suck it up. You're going to have to suck it up, Tanya. This is normal. But something switched in my head that was like oh my god this is a man i didn't even see a doctor i thought a man looking in my insides that i'm not mm -hmm. having sexual intercourse with um but it's funny but you know, but you know interestingly enough and nothing against the um uh, gay or lesbian community but you know most of our male midwives are actually homosexuals so is that because they're leaning more into their feminine side then? That's why they're accepting exactly, that role? Yes, exactly. 
And I think that's interesting because over time, many jobs have shifted. There was jobs that was seen as a man's job. Do you get what I mean? So like, even now, I think if we see females doing certain jobs, we're a bit like, mm, are they, are they um, gay or are they bisexual or whatever? And actually, what if a woman just wanted her whole life to do that job? What if she just wanted to be a plumber? Do you know what I mean? And over time, things are changing. So it's, it's, it's always eye-opening to me that like now so many women are being called powerful simply because they opened their mouth and spoke their truth. That is why a lot of women have been called powerful. So whether they're sharing it in their songs, um, through public speaking, through businesses or whatever, yet men have been creating businesses for God knows how long. And technically they had nothing to do with them speaking their truth. It was more about them playing a role. And it's interesting how the power has shifted. But let's go. Dom, are you back? You're on mute, boo. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, good. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, good evening, everyone. Mm -hmm. I believe that men are seen as natural leaders based on the fact that if a man is more powerful, he's seen as a boss. Whereas females tend to take away from power because if they are seen as powerful, they're more seen as a bitch. And Ooh. because they have the fear of actually being powerful as women. As women in relationships, you are more likely to digress because you don't want to affect your man's feelings. You don't want to make them feel like less of a man. But if you actually sit in that situation, women naturally digress because they don't want to be seen a certain way perceived a certain way and that's why they're seen less as natural leaders whereas a woman can be more effective as a leader because they have the empathy and the ability to understand the people who are following them whereas men are black and white and women are more colorful um and people see well it's seen that women are more indecisive just because they are colorful because they think of the emotional side they think of actual people's feelings whereas a man can be very black and white and not think of feelings but actually think of the target the goal this is where i'm going to whereas some females can be like that especially if they're task focused but if they actually have an emotive side they will actually be seen as less i really love even the simplicity of men are seen as powerful because they're celebrated as being a boss yet when women step up in that same position they're classed as a bitch and I think for me personally that's where I'm seeing a shift in society and a shift in power because I believe that yeah women would call women bitches as well as men might think oh her attitude she's a bitch she's a bitch because of her attitude because of her actions because she was harsh or hard but do you guys think, and this is for everybody on the stage and anybody in the room, do you think that that's changing because women are learning to celebrate themselves? Therefore, now they're celebrating other women when they do step into these roles and they're rallying behind them. So you're no longer looking at them as a bitch. You're looking at them as powerful. You're looking at them as empowering. You're looking at them as inspiring and motivating. Do you guys think there's been a universal shift in view because essentially before there might have been a few women that were doing that so it was easy to call them a bitch because again people didn't see themselves as that now you see it as wow I would love to be like that or wow I love what she's doing so we're no longer calling them bitches we're calling them powerful 100% <clears throat> I think for me 
that's definitely the case. I look at these women and I'm like, shit, like, that could be me or that is me. And I'm so glad to see more women stepping into their power, whether that be through sportsmanship, whether that be through business, whether that be through life, parenthood, whatever it is, whatever their element is, stepping into their power in whatever form it looks like for them, I just sit there and I think, you're killing that and you're doing yes. so well and I salute you in every element or whatever thing it is you're doing it in. I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. I love I that. Like, I think it's beautiful. And I think for me, like, you guys were speaking earlier about gender roles and the roles of, like, you know, when Bev was speaking about midwives and... um men being midwives etc etc i work in a very well i worked sorry i take that back in a very predominantly male industry so i was working in events um in the sporting industry predominantly football and as a woman of quite a small stature short in a quite high position within the sporting industry i was never taken let me take that back there were stages in my career I was never taken seriously. And there were times I had to step into that bitch mode. And I realized that that wasn't authentic to myself. You know, there were times that you'd sit there in meetings and you're surrounded by men within the sporting industry and you're the only women. You're so literally surrounded by 20-odd men and you're the only women, a woman and you're silenced. So often within the 21st century that you're sitting there being like, oh my God, like, is anyone actually listening to me or is anybody taking on my opinion? Like, and then you sit there and you're like, okay, cool. Like, this, you guys will listen to me. You guys will have to listen to me because at the end of the day, I'm the one doing the job and I'm the professional in this place. You get to a stage where sometimes you have to put that, fortunately, put that bitch facade on for somebody to listen to you but see it's interesting because when we're labeling this bitch is it really a bitch or is it actually you using your power why do we call that being a bitch why do we call it that it's because we we're made so i feel like i was made to feel like i was a bitch because I had to step up and step out and speak out because I felt like I wasn't being listened to. So this because is what I find interesting because why then as women do we just not own it as I'm stepping up? Why don't we just own it as I'm stepping into our power? Why do we claim it as being a bitch? Do you get what I mean? Is that again being pumped into us or is that because we technically begin to feel like a bitch? For me, it was, I was, I began... I was made to feel like a bitch, therefore I began to feel like a bitch. But when I look back at it now, it was like, no, that was me stepping up. That was me stepping into my power. And now if I ever got into that position again, it was it was me stand it was me stepping into my power, being like, no, I don't care if I'm in a a, a room full of men that are older than me that are in high positions, and I'm the only woman in here. I know what I'm talking about. I know that I own this shit and I am owning this shit and it's me stepping into my power. But it was, you know, it did, you know, two years ago, 
where it was still new for people within sports and women within sports to be in my position. And I'm a little ditty little girl, you know? I <laughs> love that. Right, so one minute, hold that thought, Daniela. I think Megan was going to chop in on something and then Claude and then Bev. Yeah, I was just going to add the point that I've had conversations where I've tried to be assertive and I get told I'm being a bitch. Um, I know previously, like I can, when I look back at certain conversations, I can see where I have let emotion take the better of me. But when I remove emotion out of it and I talk about facts and I'm very evidential and I'm very clear, I get told I'm a cold bitch. Wow. So I feel like... Yeah, yeah, you just kind of like, okay, so if I emotive and I try to be compassionate I'm too emotional but when I'm focused and fact-based and evidential I'm cold and a bitch wow oh so just to quickly refresh the room we are in this room today talking about the power in decisions and I'm asking the question do we feel that men make more powerful decisions than women and where do we think that comes from if we believe that to be true and we're also looking at the difference in power in men and women. So you're welcome to come to the stage, give your views and opinions and join the conversation. Mr. Claude, welcome to the stage. How are you? You're muted, by the way. Oh, My phone's gonna cough. Welcome, everybody. Um, I just hear people bouncing this word bitch. And I, I mean, I listen to your mum speak about words and I listen to you not speak about words. And that word, you know, I understand it, I know what it means, you know what I mean, but what does a bitch mean to you women, you know what I mean, because I don't think, I've, been, I've worked with women and what they can be very forceful, they can be very, but that's a woman, sometimes a woman's nature, but just like you'll have men that will be forceful in the trade I am, but you know, if you're doing the job and you're capable of doing the job, I think bitch should never come into the work, that should never be come into the equation, it's she or he is capable of doing that job. I love that. And this is why. Yeah. I honestly believe, I honestly believe if we get right down to it, I think that when a woman speaks up and she's standing in her power, I think it's threatening. I think that's the, and the thing is, it's just like you're, you're out of your place. You're out of your lane. Get back in your box and shut the hell up. They, you know, women, are, they, they call women with, um, who have an opinion. They said they've got uh, steel balls or something. Don't they say something like that? But do you know what's interesting? Do you know what I find interesting? And that's why I pulled it up. And I love that dad came to the stage and offered that view because I think this is a woman's code. I think it's women calling women bitches. I think it's women building up the idea that actually when you're other than a certain nature, you're a bitch. And I don't actually think that comes from the masculine energy. I think that comes when females feel out of place against a female that has chosen to step into a new role. And this is why I'm saying is the shift change because we're seeing ourselves differently. So now we're seeing other women differently because when you was the housewife, um, and you didn't get to live freely, technically. You had to conform to a lot of things, you know. Your family might have married you off. You had to be humble and submissive. When you saw a woman that was not humble and submissive, that would irritate your core. That would rock you. 
if you're truthful with yourself because it was an energy that you didn't understand so that maybe that's where the context of bitch came from like who does she think that she is she's a bitch that didn't come from the other side so it's almost like we tear ourselves down and now we're having to build ourselves back up and now we're looking at things differently that's how i feel it that is so interesting, you know, because in my career, I mean, I was a dental nurse before, and I used to always say to myself, I absolutely detest working with women. Because when you were working with women, you were at the mercy of whatever mood they were in, whatever day, they say this, they mean that, da 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 da. When you worked with a man, and in midwifery as well, they say what they mean, they mean what they say, they tell you what they want. If, they, if you piss them off, generally, they move on. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... But when I've worked with women, it's a whole different ballgame. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And also, when we look at energy, right, this is, and these that brought it up in the room earlier, the wounded feminine energy, as a part of that, it says victim, powerless, weakness, manipulation, withholding, neediness, codependency, oversensitivity, over-emotional that ain't got nothing to do with anything outside of us and this is why I find these things so interesting because I'm like what actually shifted in society and I will say I've told this story many times I went to an all-girls school and when I went to an all-girls school there's power play but guess what it's got nothing to do with males because there ain't no males there do you get what I mean so it's power play against each other and it's if you're kind of just, you know, you go about your business, you stay in your lane, everybody's comfortable. But if you're doing things that make other people uncomfortable, now you're the bitch. And it's like, where the hell did we get that from? We have to get it from ourselves, in a sense. And is it coming from how we see ourselves? Because like I said, when you break down power, I, I like, look, there was a search. If you just search like ideas, what makes a woman powerful? Being a strong woman, notice the word that they used, being a strong woman means loving yourself when the rest of society says you're too big or too skinny or too dark or too tall or too short or too little. It means defining your own strength instead of adhering to a set of standards society has decided for a woman to be or must follow in order to be considered strong or powerful. Yet, when you search, what makes a man powerful? A man is a leader that sets his own path in life and is proud of all of his accomplishments. When you have power, you are in love with yourself, but not in a narcissist way. They want to be nurtured and they need a man to protect them and make them feel safe. So obviously when a woman wants to be nurtured and, make, and a man can make them feel safe, that's where they can find power. Or it's about leadership in terms of a man being powerful in their roles. Now, how interesting are those both about a man in his power and a woman in his power? Did any of you guys find anything interesting in that? Because I was just like, wow, look at that goes back to what Megan says, the external versus the internal power. And it's crazy because if a man can see himself powerful externally, it's accepted. Yet when a woman sees herself powerfully externally, it's rejected. Go ahead, Megan. definitions I love it um and I find I've unfortunately been on the receiving end of both 
men and women with the bitch or the cold comment. Um, I've had a workplace where the male director actually pitted male and female colleagues against each other. Um, it was a very sexist environment as well. And so whilst women naturally in those kind of environments would, you'd hope that we would band together because it was so detrimental to do so everyone kind of ended up you know that, that people would turn on each other really quickly and, and it just brought out the worst in so many different people so it's really interesting to see how those dynamics get get played out um when you've got a really unhealthy leadership team and again um, is that love behavior because mm, imagine if i if I've been growing up, if I've been training my sons, for instance, to be like, well, when you see these kind of traits, and it's not that I'm outright saying this to them, right? But naturally within my belief system, if I believe that when you see a woman move like that, that's a bitch, right? And now my sons end up in a place of leadership and they see women acting in a certain way, automatically, they're gonna also call that a bitch. Do you get what I mean? Because- so you know it's the same sort of thing when you you know you're in a household as a as a as a young girl and you hear your mum constantly talk badly about her body and talk about her self-image like she's you know fat she's unattractive she's you know worthless etc you grow up with that inside you Mm. you know just like if you're a male and you don't have a healthy male role model you grow up with that inside you as well so i love that 100% learned behavior and we learn from both both parents in that regard. So when we're in an environment where, um, you know, dad's not treating mum well, we're going to internalise that and vice versa, 100%. Um, so it's, it's it's very interesting. And I don't think, I think when we're around younger people and we're talking about ourselves, we forget the impact that we have because you've got to remember that those little kids as well, they idolise you. Mm. You know, they you could be, you know, anything and they'd still be all like, yeah, but you're my mum or you're my dad, you're fantastic. The sun shines out of your bottom, but yet you're stood there saying you're, you know, this horrible, worthless whatever. You know, it's like when we as adults can't take compliments, it's insulting to the other person because that other person genuinely sees that in us. But when we turn them down and go, oh, you know, oh, no, no, you, I can't accept that, you know, that you, you're telling them that they're a liar. Love that. So quickly refreshing, the room we're chopping up and asking, do men make more powerful decisions than women? Where is these ideas coming from? What does power look like to a man in comparison to power to a woman? And, you know, you can contribute to the conversation. I've got a question. And the question is, ooh, and I love this idea because it was going to bring me to a point. But it's a question for you, Claude. And it is, do you see men as dogs? You're muted. He might not be able to answer because he's driving. But the rest of the women, do any of you guys literally... Oh, he's back. Oh, we can't hear you. You're doing... Do you see men as dogs? I don't think we can get you where you're at. Your sound is in and out. Let us know when you can come back. You got bad reception, Dad. We're going to ping you back in in a sec. Sorry. Going to mute you. 
We can't hear you. <laughs> I love it when his, his sound does this. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you good because um, you're working, wherever you're driving is in that area. Oh, yeah, I think he's got the message, but he hasn't. Mm -mm. Dad, we'll talk in a second. Yeah, we're, we're pinning you back in, in a minute. I'm shouting like he could hear me any clearer, you know, guys. <laughs> Can someone else? No, so just mute and talk when you've got good reception. <laughs> Go, Beth, Beth. No, I was going to say, um, obviously I'm not a man, but I remember... Keep talking, Bev, he'll get the message in a minute. <laughs> I was going to say, my ex, my ex used to always say that men are dogs, and the way he used to say it would be like, in certain situations, it's like, their hormones or that male instinct is it just takes over as though they're driven they have no choice they have no control so i suppose that may have been in the in the realms of sex you know wow men are dogs, he know? actually said that i don't normally know men that say that i know women say it do you guys anyone else on the stage know men that say men are dogs and the crowd goes silent that means something very, very different in Australia, and it applies to both males and females. It's a very derogatory term if you were to call someone a dog, like you're the lowest of the low. Wow. But so both... I can see the connotation against like men behaving like dogs, and it's usually... I've, I've heard women say that, and it's usually when we're trying to categorise their behaviour in a way... But in... Kind of so Just in Australia, is that as bad as us saying C-U-N-T, which is my favourite word? That's also a very favourite word of mine. See, that's <laughs> we, we, we sprinkle that like glitter out there sometimes. So oh, I was like, I can live in Australia then. I can Some live there. find it very, very, very offensive. So I, I would only sprinkle it with certain people. Um, there, there are some people that wouldn't even spell that word out yeah nice yes so but yes a dog i suppose i suppose calling someone a dog is more of a um it's more of a younger term of, of yeah like you you really dislike someone if they've done something really horrible to you okay a dog. nice dom you were going to say something i've heard men um refer to that you me yeah yeah Sorry, um, uh, yeah, I've heard men say that. Um, well, I've asked why, and they've said because men jump at every opportunity. Um, and like dogs, where the mindset is, yeah, we're going to jump at whatever opportunity. Oh, we can't hear. No matter what the stakes are, the risks are. Whereas, yeah, females don't really do the same. Well, it's funny because what the question was posing is that, well if we think that men are referred to as dogs, well, then the opposite of that is referring to women as bitches, isn't it? Because a bitch is a female dog. So if maybe that's where the whole idea comes from in terms of we'll call men dog and we'll call women bitch because it's the female version of that. And I no, guess- What about when men are called pussies then? Ooh, well, I mean, it's funny because 
when you call a woman a pussy, it's not, I don't know if women get offended by that, do you? No, not really. No, not really. Obviously, if men are called pussies, it means that they're weak. So saying that they're a woman, whereas a woman could necessarily, a woman could possibly do the job, or let's just say we're talking about a job, could possibly do the job better than a man. So why would they say that she, he's a pussy? Wow. Hmm. Meaning you are weak, you are less than. So it's almost like we use these terms when we want to call people out of their nature as if there's only one nature for male and females to fit into, if you get what I mean. The funny, the funny thing is with that play on words, Christina, <laughs> if you want to say, um, you want to call a man a pussy, isn't it true that a whole pussy has brought down a nation? Well, that's the vagina. But that's what they say because they tried to refer to Eve and they want to blame everything on Eve. So it's almost like the maybe as well, that's where it's probably come from, that the person who made the least powerful decision was Eve. So let us continue to blame women for the fall in civilization. Do you get what I mean? And then it's just played out many different ways throughout our lives. And maybe that's why women don't feel, it's almost like we have to feel things to be powerful, whereas men can just make decisions that are powerful. It's almost like they don't need permission, yet we're asking for permission. Um, and it was really interesting because I found some points on what are the characteristics of a woman being strong and powerful. And even if you just take away the word strong, just them being powerful. And here are some of the characteristics that people put to the forefront, which I found interesting. It was confidence, productivity, being optimistic and positive, being a go-getter, a fear tackler, caring, not afraid to stand up for what you believe in, proud, not phased by other people's opinions or what they say, being true to your and being true to yourself. Women in the room, do you feel that those are the characteristics that make you powerful? And do you believe that they would be the same for a man? Feel free to answer anybody on the stage. I can go over them if you want me to. Miss Megan, do you think they are? Can you repeat them? I was actually trying to work then. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> they, it is confidence. Oh, he's back. Sorry, before we just do that, that, do you think that men are dogs? That was the question we were asking you. In what context? Just generally. If no. I said men are dogs, do you think they're dogs? No. But again, I don't think women are bitches, but they can be. And men, I don't think men are dogs, but we can be. Right. Just like a woman can be, a man can be a bitch, same way, and a woman can be a dog, same way. So can a woman be a pussy? Can a woman be a pussy? Yeah. Not have one, be one. No, no, no disrespect. In my terminology, how I speak and how I speak, I'll use it in both, for both. Oh, do you? Yeah, I could use that for both. Because I we were saying, as a woman, both. we don't necessarily feel offended if someone said, oh, you're a pussy. I feel like, I don't even really know if that's used in terms, term, like much terminology to a woman. Yet, when no. we say that to a man, it is like the lowest of the low. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, when you say that, what does it actually, when you call a man a pussy, what does that mean? 
that's what the, I don't. That's what they. That's the terminology I get around. Oh, he's a weak. He's a bit. He's a bit pussy about that, or he's acting a bit. I think what the word means is that he's acting a bit womanly, like you know what I mean. Be a man, man up, stop being a pussy. Yeah, you know? I'm just saying because obviously, yeah. you know, some, sometimes people say men are pussy whipped, or you know what I mean. But this this, this same pussy is mm. is throwing down families, like I said, nations. Men are chasing it left, right, and centre, losing their whole damn mind. Yeah, because of the power of that word. You know, they've they've they put they've lost their power to one word. You know, and it, I, I, I'm sure if there's, there's certain words that we all um, don't like, or if someone calls you that, it's going to rub you up the wrong way. You know what I mean? And it's your um, your connection to that word. Why are you allowing that word to? You know, there's an old saying: sticks and stones will break your bones, or words will never hurt you. That's a lie. I always say that is a lie because words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. The the most, the most, um, most wars start from words. Oh, I'm not doing that for you, or I supported you in doing that, and I'm not doing that. Right? Okay, we're going to go to war about it, and that's what happens. Most arguments start from words. And do you know what? I also think it's to do with the fact that if we get physically damaged by something, so say, God forbid, someone walks out and gets hit by a car. You can see the physical damage. They've broken their leg. It's going to take six weeks to recover or whatever. They, um, they, you can see the damage and you can respond to it. I've just muted you, Dad, if you want to talk, you can unmute. Um, you can respond to it. But with words, we don't see the damage that they have over time. We don't see what that can become. We don't see how we even carry it. And we don't see how then we go from place to place, situation to situation, scenario to scenario with that imprint of what someone has called us to be or what someone said that we are or what someone has said about us. And then we don't um, push past it. And it's funny because in talking about that in terms of making powerful decisions, I sometimes think that women hold on to those opinions of other people more than men do. It's just my opinion, guys. It's just my opinion. And they let it defeat them. They let it become a spirit. They let it become the end or beginning of what they're going to do until you then relearn how to let go of that thing and not walk with that mentality. I mean, y'all can agree or disagree with me. Grand evening, Miss Dawn. How are you? Welcome to the stage. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. Um, grand evening, everybody. I just wanted to pick up on the point that Claudius made about sticks and stones. Mm. Um, as you know, I've actually written a couple of blogs with the same title. Because, yeah, you were actually spot on. Words can hurt. Um, and especially someone you love. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't know, it's, um, yeah, (laughs) sorry. No, I like it. I think maybe you're just remembering how much those words actually hurt you. And that's another thing that we don't always take responsibility for. You know, sometimes people are like, suck it up. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't matter or that's not true or that's their business. But actually, 
especially when words come from people that we love, they hurt. I will never forget this, but when I was younger, there was an incident that happened in our household. Funny thing is, I don't remember the incident, but being the middle child, I never really get in, got involved with my older sister and younger sister's isms and schisms. I literally was able to just be oblivious. But my mum was the type of person that would say, well, what do you think about that? Like, and I get it. She was doing it to create a balance kind of thing. And I wasn't really interested. I couldn't really care. Them two could have beat the shit out of each other if they wanted to. It was whatever to me. And this one time she asked me about something and I basically disagreed. And she was like, you hypocrite. <laughs> and then her and my older sister walked down the stairs like, yeah, you know, like girl gang, they were on me. And I cried so much. It was so painful because when I looked up the meaning hypocrite, I was like, I'm not a hypocrite. I am not a hypocrite. <laughs> so bad right because I was like how dare she call me a hypocrite my sister's thinking how dare I tell y'all but honestly words can hurt you so badly and I remember when I used to write my poems I would write one of the biggest lies they ever told us is that words don't hurt because they do and I think words hurt more than physical pain like seriously, I think they do because you overthink it and you think it and you think it and you think it and more time you manifest something so less than you are because you're stuck in that belief. The thing is with words is they can become a belief system. And we know that what happens with belief systems are we become that whatever we believe we become. And when we start to believe these words that people tell us, that's when we can create it. And this is why it's so, I'm crazy about like the language that I use with my sons. And obviously we all lose our shit. We all lose our temper. And sometimes things might fly out of your mouth, but I'm crazy about what we say to our children because an adult's voice, a parent's voice to our kids becomes their internal voice to their self. And that's major. Our parents' voice and the way that they speak to us and speak around us and speak about us, that becomes our internal voice. So it's so crazy that we've really got to start to consider how we think and feel about these things. Oh, Ms. Tina is coming up. Welcome to the stage. Grand evening. Good evening. So I think that this conversation yeah, it's sitting in my stomach. And I think the reason why it's sitting in my stomach is because when you uh, were speaking about how do we define power, I think that the conversation, it is coming from a place where our power doesn't exist in. It's coming from the place of, like you're saying, how society sees a powerful woman or whatever. So that energy, I, I really thought that that energy of, and it, it sounded more like a um, out of source feminine um, person. And, and when I when I shared before that sometimes you know I have been in my masculine energy, your dad has been in his feminine energy, and that's why like I don't know that I don't know that bitch and that kind of thing. I don't know it just. So for me, the other day when you went into that room and I didn't hear what was said to you in that room. But Tanya, you speak in lots of rooms and you speak in front of men, women, indifferent. 
And I think when you're seeking truth, and like you said, truth doesn't need any defense lawyer, I don't think anybody here is a bitch. So when the women came at you, like their catty ass selves, like their pussy ass energy, whatever you want to call it, I think they were just showing a reflection of their self. So sometimes I think you're going into environment and you're defining yourself or you're showing up in that environment how you perceive that that environment requires to accept you. And that's why it's been interpreted that way. That's, that's how I feel. But this is also why I found it interesting that when you speak about, not particularly me, but when generally people speak about power and they associate it with women, it's linked to loving yourself, you know, um, seeing yourself how you need to see yourself, not how other people see yourself, um, creating a path against what society says you can't do. And what I think is interesting is they don't say those things about men. So why do we, in a sense, conform to that? Because technically, that's not at all where our power comes from, you know, for either of us. And the root of where a female or a male's power comes from, in my personal opinion, is literally internal. And this is what I'm saying, has society over time done an amazing job at breaking the woman down so that they see themselves as less than. So now when we do something that pretty much is normal, it seemed as powerful. Yet we would have to do extreme to be seen as powerful in the same sense that men are, which is crazy to me. We are talking about, uh, and I know when Dawn just came up and when your, when your dad said that that saying, that's, that nursery rhyme, that thing, sticks and stones would break my bones, but words would never hurt. Them, them nursery rhymes, yeah, that we were conditioned to, to chant, you know, like when we speak about Wee Willie Winkle running through the town, in our mind we're accepting Wee Willie Winkle He's running through the town, upstairs and downstairs, in his nightgown. He's peeping through people's windows. He's knocking on the door. So He's a whole paedophile. He's a paedophile. He's a paedophile. But we accept those words. We sing them. So when we see the man knocking on the door, peeping through the window, oh, he's really, really, really little children accepting that bullshit in their subconscious. So we are brought into a society that dressed up lies and it create and it called it civil lies. They make lies civil. Well, then we're going to go into places in Africa and this world and that world, and we're going to call it civilization. A civil lie. What's a civil lie? You dress up a lie to look good. So now we're trying to fit into that power structure. And what is the square root of bullshit? And she drops the mic and goes on mute. <laughs> but this is why I brought this conversation to the table and I purposely named the room, do men make more powerful decisions than women? Because I wanted to know if that's really how we see ourselves, you know? I really wanted to know if that's how we see ourselves as women in society. I really wanted to know if that's how men see the world. I really wanted to know if this is how we are choosing to see power. Because for me personally, 
the whole way that I looked at power changed the minute that I believed that I was powerful. That's all it was. I just started to believe that I was powerful. And the minute that I started to believe I was powerful, I just started to make more powerful decisions. And I started to create a more powerful and purposeful life. I started to ask myself, like, what does it feel like to be powerful? What does power look like to me? Because there was a season in my life where I didn't feel powerful. Nothing around me looked powerful. I didn't feel like I even knew powerful people. I didn't even feel like if you wasn't a certain age, a certain color, a certain this, you didn't even have power. But when I started to see myself as powerful, I started to recognize how powerful the youth are. I started to recognize how powerful it is to sit down at my grandparents' feet and learn about things. I started to recognize how powerful it was to speak to people that I would never speak to. I started to recognize how powerful it was to get myself in rooms that made me initially feel uncomfortable, but get comfortable in those rooms. I started to recognize that it was powerful what conversations I was having every single day of my life. It was powerful what kind of books I was reading because I've always loved to read, but oh, I start like to read, what's his name? Uh, what was his name? Jerome Dickey, wicked writer. Oh, but he would have me as a single person all the way up in my feelings, like wanting to manifest these relationships and these things that he was talking about that were, some were just so unrealistic, like seriously unrealistic. But that's where my mindset was at. I almost wanted to create drama because of the drama series that I was watching. And so when my power shifted in me, like how I saw power and what it meant to be a powerful person, not just a powerful woman, but just a powerful human being, my level of service grew. Everything shifted. So I named the room this on purpose. I was playing devil's advocate a little bit. But my point is, where are you guys finding your power? And is that influenced by what society is calling powerful? Is it? And do you need to shift the way that you see power in order for you to be powerful? Are you not choosing to be powerful because for so long you weren't supposed to be in an arena or you didn't think you could see yourself in that arena or you don't even know how to get in that arena? or because your circumstances just don't look like your assignment, so you don't know what move to make. How are you all seeing yourself as powerful? Are you even feeling like you're powerful? And do you even feel like you're in a position to make powerful decisions for yourself and your life? That's a question. For me, at the moment, I think I'm very much new to feeling in my power to feeling like I have any control over any part of my life that I'm actually contributing or able to contribute positively like I'm stepping into that and it feels great but it's very basic like I'm, I'm not sat here changing the world I'm not sat here saving anyone's life I'm just functioning like a happy healthy human so I think that the bar is a little bit low when it comes to power because it's new for so many women. You know, we've been put in this place of you just need to sit there, shut up, look pretty, make babies, keep a house, and that's what you do. You know, where the big tough men, we're going to go make money and, and rule the world. 
And see, so just on that point, it's very interesting what you just said, because to me, personally, being a happy, healthy human has great impact on the world. Yes. Could you imagine if we were surrounded by more happy, healthy humans? I believe a certain level of stuff that we're experiencing in the world is because, quite simply, we're surrounded by people that are unhappy. So toxic behaviours kick out. You've got to be a very unhappy person, in my opinion, to happily want to take other people's lives. You've got to be a very unhappy person, in my opinion, to live your life like swallowing alcohol and drugs to get through each day. I'm just saying, that's just my opinion. So don't ever count yourself down by saying, you know, just by me choosing to be a healthy, happy person, I'm not having impact on the world. Yeah, you are having great impact on the world. And again, I don't think that's been celebrated as being powerful because power looks like a six-figure job, driving a car, living a multi-millionaire lifestyle. Like, that's powerful. Hi. Um, yeah, just picking up on that point, um, I was going to say kind of similar. Um, I've always been a low-maintenance kind of woman, which is probably one of the reasons why my relationship has lasted so long um but I've always been happy with that um it's only recently that I thought okay you're happy ish but life could be better you need to start making moves and I didn't want to work for the man, so to speak. Um, decided that I wanted to start my own business. Um, it hasn't been easy because I'm not the greatest when it comes to it, but I've managed to get by so far. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of was my next step up in my power. But as I said, my baseline for my power was kind of, pretty low anyway but I was happy there I'm, I'm you know like like you said I don't need flash things I don't need fancy cars you know diamonds bigger house would be nice but we're working on that um and yeah I love that like just taking steps for you and recognizing okay cool I'm happy here but I can grow here so I'm going to take the steps to do that and actually recognizing that as powerful, because again, I don't think those kind of things were celebrated. And I think that we live in an era where so many people are entrepreneurs or have a business and da, 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 and these things are like, they're just easy to maintain. They're just easy to do. And they're so not building from the ground up, like having nothing or even going out there and getting funding to build your business or whatever it is that you're doing and actually surviving three, four, five years in business. Anyone can start a business. It doesn't mean their business is going to be successful and it doesn't mean they're going to stick at it because it is hard work. So I think when 
more and more people take these jumps and do these things and do these leaps as much as the person who is working their way up the corporate ladder, you know, wherever you are in whatever position works for you. I feel like when we get better at celebrating these things and recognizing them as powerful moves, we start to shift the conversation of what power looks like, period. I love that. Anybody else want to add? Oh, dad's back. Um, so I just posed the question, like, what are you doing right now um, to be powerful? And what does that look like to you? And has your idea of power within yourself shifted? Um, and what does that look like? We're just sharing. I'm about to wrap up the room. So if there's anybody in the audience that wants to contribute or anybody on the stage that wants to share what they're doing to be powerful, how or if how they look at power has shifted, then this is the time to do it. Anybody? I'd like to say, Tanya, sorry, and to the rest of them, um, I'm 56 years old and I've seen a big shift in the way, in my lifetime, I've seen a shift in the way women interact with men, men interact with women, um, just in life general. You know, you know, if you take now, we've been in COVID um, for 18 months and how it's brought the likes of Clubhouse to the forefront, how it's brought Zoom to the forefront. These things are always, they were there in the background, but not a lot of us used them, you know, might have used them for the odd, odd meeting or something like that, where you couldn't meet someone and you think, oh, well, I'll just do a Zoom meeting or that. Very rarely you use them. Some people use them a lot more than what I did. And now this is the way forward. So we're in a, you know, we're in a massive reset. You know, the world has reset itself and the way to meet with people to, you know, is through the likes of um, what we're doing here and um, Zoom and things like that. You know, this is the way that it's going to be for a long while. I think this is the way it's going to be forever going forward, you know. So in saying that, let me just go back. So as a kid growing up, you know, my, both my parents went to work because they did. They both come from the Windrush area where they came to this country, don't know nothing, and all they know is to work and do whatever. And that's kind of learned behavior. I've reflected that, and that's the same with me, you know, work, hustle, do whatever you've got to do to survive, you know, that's what we've got to do to survive. And maybe, and then watching telly and watching certain things, and you watch the woman's role previous was the man went to work, the woman stayed at home, you know, now it's not a case of the man goes to work, the man, the man and the woman go to work, majority of the time. Um, and, the, and that's if they're married. But then I've seen more single parents than I did when I was growing up because, you know, I really hardly saw very, very rarely saw a black single parent and there wasn't a lot of them about. There were more uh, to do with white people or, and, you know, and I never saw an Asian single parent. I see more and more and more and more now. You know, kids are getting younger. Uh, sorry, um, women are having kids younger, but are they? Because I don't know the statistics of what they were having years ago. Because before, when they were having them young, they got hidden away or they got put in a home or something like that. So I don't actually know if the statistics are the same or they're more. You know, I can look on it and look back and think, God, there's a, there's a lot of single parents out there. You know, and a woman's role doesn't necessarily be. I'm at home, um, at home and I can look after my kids, uh, role would be, I've got to, 
um, work, go to work, come home, cook, get kids, sort them out, blah, 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 go to work, same routine, 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 routine. It's the same routine. When there's two people in there in the household, that routine becomes a little bit easier because a man might take up this part of the of, what, of certain routines. He might, you know, um, for instance, I'll use Julie as an example. Julie, if I'm if I'm not down there, Julie's cutting her glass, she's doing her painting, she's doing decorating, blah blah blah. She does ninety percent of it by herself. Because not because she hasn't got a man, because I'm not there. We live an hour drive away from each other. You know? and certain things we're planning to do together, certain things we she'll just get on and do herself. But because she's a single as a I would say a single woman, um, in her surroundings, she would just get up and just do that. You know, your mum done it. And there's a lot of women in, in here that are single women. They just get up and do because they know if they don't do it, there's no one there to do it. So it's a big... Even when I hear you say this word about powerful decisions, a woman, a single woman has to make a whole heap of powerful decisions every day. You know, now I'm watching it and as a grandparent, I'm watching my son bring up two kids and he's got to make decisions for as a woman and as a man but as a man first because that's what he knows and he's got a very powerful mum you know around him who's had to make decisions for him so hopefully he'll learn from that and he'll bring everything into one and everything but the world is a changing thing so when you talk about powerful decisions i think it depends on your situation that you're in if you're a single mother you're making decisions every day if you're not a single mother then you're, you're still making decisions, but you're not making the same decisions as a single mother. Mm, that's very interesting. Because I just, I, I think, I totally hear what you're saying, and I and I totally agree. I think um, your decisions are based on where, sometimes on where the weight is that you're, be, you're having to carry, right? So, um, but there are also some single mothers who I think don't make, any powerful decisions at all and it doesn't matter how much children they got i don't think that they're making powerful decisions same with men yeah so it's one of those things you can take it you could you could take it to its raw or to right in the element and based on your situation you make decisions based on your situation every day we're making decisions but by looking at something by walking on the road we make a decision when we're walking on that road, an unconscious decision is, because, hang on, oh, there's a manhole. Some people don't like manholes, so I'm going to walk around that. You know, or I'm not going to take this road. I'm going to take that road because I think it's short, but it might not. Oh, I like that road. It's more scenic. You know, you're making decisions every second of your life. And I would just ask, actually, just on that point, before I wrap up the room, everybody on the stage, if I asked you, what do you think the opposite of being powerful is, and you cannot say powerless, can't say powerless. If I said to you, what do you think the opposite of being powerful is or making powerful decisions, what would you say it is? Miss Bev? Oh, you didn't give me a chance to think. <laughs> um, I get a sense of, um, uh, I don't know, no connection to self, no, it's like, I don't know, directionless. And I'm only saying that with the newfound awareness that I have, that I realise that's how I felt. As if I have no 
control or say in my destiny, but I can't find an actual word. Love that. I hear what you're saying. I like that. Miss Megan? I would go weak-willed and indecisive. Mm, nice. like that. Miss Tina? Um, Opposite of powerful, gentle and weak, that kind of thing. Opposite of powerful, you say gentle? Yeah. Mm. And weak. A gentle and weak, the same thing? And that's what I feel. I just feel like if you said somebody's powerful, then if you said the opposite, they're gentle, they're weak. Okay. So that's, that's nice. Miss Dawn? Feeble. Yeah, just timid, just yeah. Can mm. you hear me? Yeah, yeah, nice. I like them words. Thank you. Um, Mr. Claude. Indecisive. Mm, nice. Ms. Dom. Not sure if Dom's there. Okay. So I think when we now look at all those words, which everybody said, like directionless, um, weak, feeble, indecisive. Megan, I forgot your word. What was your word again? Weak-willed. Weak then all of those words, ironically, have nothing to do with what it looks like outside of us. It brings power back to what it looks like within us. It looks like what we're willing to bring to the table, what we believe, what we see, how we're gonna contribute. So just to wrap up on a final thought, if you could encourage anybody to be powerful in making decisions, because we can weigh up the odds of them being male or female, we could weigh up the opportunities they have or don't have, we could weigh up how society sees us or doesn't see us. You know, we could weigh up the impact, um, our childhood, yada, yada, yada. But if you could give anybody a just an encouraging word to be powerful now in making powerful decisions in your life, what would you say? We'll do it in reverse. So we'll go with you first, Claude. If I could give anybody any words, right, I would say, stand in your truth. Love that. Be truthful to yourself. Because a lot of our decisions sometimes are taken out of our hands, but, you know, and some are, well, not a lot, some of them are taken out of our hands, but you've got to stand within your truth. I love that. Thank you. Miss Dawn? funnily enough I swear I was going to say the same thing um, and it's purely because it's the way I've always been from the start just be as real and true to yourself as possible and even if that puts you in the minority or people looking at you with side eye as long as you believe in yourself and you know that you're true to yourself then do you I love that Miss Dom are you there Okay, not sure. Miss Tina? Sorry, I'm here. Sorry. Uh, 
Um, so we were saying if you couldn't give anybody any final words to like just encourage them to stand in their power, what would you say or what would you offer them? Not to be fearful, accept who they are and be self-aware of their, their consequences that could happen when being powerful. Love that. Nice. Ms. Tina? I don't think she's there. Miss, oh, I'm here. The funniest thing is when I was waiting for Claudius to finish his little talk, he didn't give me mine. So when he was speaking about the COVID thing and whatever, um, and the, the difference and like being connected on this social media and whatever, he just took me back. When he started to, to share that, he just took me back to a time when we were growing up and we would regularly have power cups. And you all know that I'm afraid of the dark, right? <laughs> so I just realised that word expectation now, any time that I come home now in 2021, when I turn on my light, I expect power. When I go, I, I don't, I don't, if I hear power cut or whatever, I don't even know if I really too tough know where my candles are. But when we were growing up, those of us that grew up in those times, there was like, that was something that regularly happened. Like we saw the first time when televisions come in, we used to have like lamps sometimes that you like with paraffin, it, that kind of thing. So there weren't such a um, reliance on power as in electricity, as in microwave or hoover or just you know what I'm saying. So I just realized now I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking for granted like the power that's available to us. When your dad said about the time changing, it just took me back to there. So my one word that I would say to everybody, that one feeling I would say, is stay connected. Mm. So even when all those lights go off, <laughs> yeah, I've got to stay connected to, like Claudius and Dawn said, the truth of who I am, who I really am outside of all of that, who I am in the middle of the darkest moments in my life. The light that I have within, the power that I've connected to inside, I've got to stay connected to that because we've come a long way and things have transformed and we just take advantage of power, even internally in our house, in our in our situations, in whatever. But, you know, the world is transforming and I've been through five decades of it and it's amazing, it's amazing. I am so grateful that I am alive and while I'm alive, I've got to stay connected to the power of who I am. Love that. Nice. Miss Megan? Um, similar sort of vein. So um, know yourself, know your value, and know your morals. Oh, lovely. Nice and short and sweet. Miss Bev? Yeah, same, same um, idea, really. Um, follow your gut, follow your instinct. The first answer is usually... The correct one and it's just you know standing firm and standing in your truth i love that thank you all so in conclusion <laughs> with my little play on the title i believe that we all have come to recognize that from where we stand in our current lives or where we sit in our current lives or where we observe or view life in our current lives, we recognize that we can all choose to be powerful or we can choose not to be. We can all choose to make powerful decisions, whether male or female.
whether at work or at home, whether socially or internally, we can choose to make powerful decisions that actually help and support who we are. And just wrapping up from all the ideas and the views in the room, which actually had a very strong line of the same answer, which means that technically, we do know what it takes to be powerful. We do know how we can be powerful. And that comes down to you being you. That comes down to you standing in your truth. That comes down to staying connected, being self-aware, being true to yourself, knowing yourself, knowing your values and knowing your worth. Follow your gut because it always knows the way. And like Miss Bev just said, normally, the first answer is the answer. And I love the tip that Dom gave on be self-aware. Have awareness to know that when you choose to be powerful or not, it affects things around you. But be aware of it. So don't be scared of it. Be aware of it and be powerful regardless. I want to thank you all so much for your contribution to this room. I'm actually going to make an announcement tomorrow and I'm going to be taking a public break from Clubhouse. There are many people holding down these rooms right now and Shake the Room will continue, but I will be taking a break from Clubhouse for a couple of weeks. But I encourage you all to stay connected with the rest of the rooms and the rest of the space that everybody is creating within this space and feel encouraged to invite other people to continue to join the conversation and um, know that you're valuable in contributing. You don't just have to listen to any of these rooms. We are open and we actually welcome your views and opinions because it helps us build topics and it helps us help you in any knowledge or wisdom that we can bring to the forefront. And I know that we're open to collaborations and all of that stuff. So if you want to stay connected, please do email us at shaketheroom underscore ch at mail.com. And if you are unapologetically taking up space, unapologetically being yourself, unapologetically kicking down doors, creating arenas or making space for other people, then we invite you to start hosting rooms and shake the room and start sharing your truth so that other people People can be inspired when you do. It's your girl, Coach T, and I am out for the evening. Thank y'all so much for being here with me. Be great, guys. You're welcome. You know, take my power. My power. My power. You know, take my power.